Joining me back on the show is one of the best flyweights in Australia, Ryan Robertson. How you doing, Ryan? Very good, thank you. How are you? Good, good, man. Um, let's jump right into it. Coleman yep. event, Eternal 47. You took on the young Jack Ferguson, choked him out. But it seemed like yep. in the beginning, you were trying to test his striking. Was that the case? Uh, yeah, I, I wanted to strike. So I, I sort of spent the first round just, I wanted to really work him out because I wanted to I wanted to highlight real knockout, and I had worked him out um, by the end of the first round. Uh, I went back to my corner, and my corner told me, "Guys, uh, Ryan, I need you. To, I want you to take him down." And I was like, "Oh, but I want to strike." <laughs> and they're like, "Nah, we want you to take him down. That's where you're gonna. You're just gonna. We know you're gonna be, win there." So you know, I, I preached to my guys that you got to listen to your corner. So. You know, I went against what I wanted to do and uh, did what they said. And obviously, it was the right decision to, to ensure a win. So, Oh, definitely. Practice what you preach, right? Because if you would have went out there and just started to brawl, you know, it wouldn't work out so well, right? No, that's it. That's it. So, well, yeah. you know, in the fight, you're, you had him in some dangerous positions a few times. I think it's the third submission attempt you finally got the choke in and you tapped him yeah uh, and he, actually he didn't even tap right he just went out no no he did he tapped. oh he did okay. no no he didn't go out he i think it was close to him going out but you couldn't see it on the video um but he he was tapping i think he tapped my arm or, or my ribs um yeah so he, he did tap um he didn't go out but i think if he tried to hold on a little longer he would have gone out it was pretty well, deep was he harder to submit than you thought going into the fight? Um, well, I didn't go in there with any expectation with him. Like like I said on the previous interview, like I didn't really look at him too much um, or study him. Otherwise, you know, sometimes you get caught up with going, oh, they're going to do this, going to do that. So uh, I went in there. I did, although I did get his back and he did really well at defending that. So um, and then the first Dars choke attempt, he did really good at defending that. So, um, yeah, I just had to take my time and and sort of pick the right opportunity to really sink in and try and squeeze pretty hard. So, yeah. The first dark Darce attempt, right, compared to the second one that actually got the, the tap, what was the differences? You know, what was the little minor details that got you the win? Um, so he... When I went for the first one, he did really well at, uh, you know, he, he grabbed his own leg to create some space. Um, and then that was just sort of turning into a bit of like trying to outmuscle his technique, uh, which I didn't want to do because I didn't want to like gas my arms or anything like that. Uh, and then what happened? I, I was going to try and adjust for it, but then he defended and regained guard pretty quick. Um, but yeah, the second time, he as he come to his knees, I was like, I saw saw the opportunity, so I got it really, really deep, and then switched to the other side, and and as I sat down, I could feel it really curl his body up and really put the pressure on. So I was, I think, just waiting for him to not be in a very good defensive position helped me secure that secure the submission. So before the fight, the commentators were saying that you wrapped your own hands, you know, do you not trust anyone to do it? Or is there a lack of good, proper hand wrappers out there? Um, oh, I, I let 
I let my girlfriend do it once, like just in case she needed to wrap hands. Um, and by the end of the fight, my circulation was cut off a bit. So, uh, but no, nah, I I don't know. I just enjoy doing it myself. I don't I, I I get into the moment when I do it myself. I like the way I do it. And um, yeah, I don't know. I'm pretty chilled at the back. I don't get I don't know. I don't get fussed with that sort of stuff. Whether I need somebody to wrap my hands or not. So. Yeah, I just enjoy it. Gets me in the mood. Gets me in the moment. Do you usually wrap a lot of people's hands? You know, because you know when you go to like regional shows, some guys they don't know how to wrap their hands, and they don't have someone to wrap their hands, so they might come to you, right? And then you're wrapping everybody's yeah, hands. I've Is done that, that the case sometimes? I am. Um, yeah, yeah. I uh, I wrapped Kai Francis's hands for his fight before he went into the house. So um, I can't even remember what that show was. Waco, I think. Um, yeah, so, yeah, he came over. He didn't have a cornerman. It was just two fighters, him and another fighter. So I wrapped his hands and jumped in the corner for him as well. Um, yeah, I've been over, over east. When I fought over east, I've gone and wrapped other people's hands while I'm fighting. Like, got a fight coming up, so I don't mind it. It's, it's all right. Yeah, wrap a lot of people's hands. When you look at, uh, like, High Carl France, man, a guy from that region, he's out there and he's – basically cracking the top 10 in the UFC. Did you, yeah, when you saw him don't. fight, you know, back in the day, did you expect him to go and reach that level? Yeah, yeah. He's a hard worker. Um, when I watched him, he, he had talent when I when I cornered him, you know. I could see he had he had the talent. I warmed up with him out the back and I could feel he was strong and, and technical. So I could see him going going far. And he, and he fights. He fights everyone. So, you know, it's like, that's what the UFC want to see. They don't want to see people who pick and choose their fights. They want to see people who have come to fight. And he's one of those guys. So, yeah, I thought he'd go the go the whole way. Now, November third, you're heading to Adelaide for DFC nine. You're going to face Brad Wally. He's yep. one of the newest up and comers in the flyweight division. Give your thoughts on him. Ah, uh, again, I don't, I don't have much. Um, I, I. I, I tend to stay away from like thinking about my opponent or or doing much research on them. Um, what, I I did Google his name or YouTube his name, but there's nothing nothing of him. So you know, it's whatever. I just uh, I don't know. He looks strong. He looks strong, but uh, that's that's about it. And it's not like I haven't dealt with strong people. You know, I fought um, uh, featherweight on a week's notice against james bishop so like fighting strong people doesn't bother me at all so or bigger people smaller people it's all the same so when you go into these fights right you don't really know about your opponent unless you've seen them like maybe at an event fight live right yeah 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 right so yeah it's so unpredictable man most guys they would feel a lot of anxiety from that not having any like knowledge of their opponent but you you're the total opposite you're just like hey i'd rather not have the knowledge of yeah. my opponent because i could just go in there and, and and it's a good way to focus on yourself right do you tell your um I your fighters to do that too yeah i said don't don't your, your job as a fighter is not to worry about your opponent your job as a fighter is to worry about yourself and what you're going to implement uh, it's a coach's job to train you to do whatever we need you to do to win the fight. 
So you don't need to worry about your opponent, how many how many fights they've had, who they've fought, how big they are, how small they are. That's the coach's job to worry about that stuff. Although that's a bit hard for me because I am the coach and the fighter <laughs> in this situation. Yeah. But uh, but I also train my fighters how to fight. So mm-hmm. like a lot of I, anyone can teach you how to punch and kick and knee and elbow, but um, not many know how to teach you how to fight. So how to read people, understand what's available, like what's open to attack, and you know how to defend and stuff like that. So um, I just use my knowledge of what I teach my guys to implement in my fight. So it doesn't matter who stands in front of me. I don't need to research them. They're all going to move the same or similar way, whether it's wrestling, striker, doesn't matter. So, yeah. Just going back to what we talked about earlier about listening to your corner, you know, I'm pretty sure you watch a lot of the fights and you hear the corner talking to their fighter and then they, the fighter yeah. goes out and does a total opposite of what they said. What do you see that? What, yeah. do you think, what are you thinking, man? Uh, I'm like, guys, you just got to listen. I've, and I've got fighters that have done that. It's like, Hey, I want you to I want you to jab and shoot. That's it. Just go out there, double jab, shoot. And then they spend the whole round having a kickboxing match. <laughs> it's like, mate, I need you to do what I say, otherwise uh, you know, and half the time they lose. Most of them lose because they're not listening. You know? So yeah, it's it's uh frustrating watching and seeing and listen and yeah, seeing people do that. You know, as a coach do you have to do a lot of counseling for your fighters, you know, like kind of mental training with them or do you, do they kind of yes. do that on their own or, or do you help them with that? I help them. Um, I give them things to um, help focus on and I, I always want them to talk to me like because um, I had one guy, um, he actually spoke to me the other day and, and I was like, he never shared it with me and I was like, I need you to share these things with me because if I've got you at training and, you know, you're mentally – there's something wrong a bit mentally and I'm like, oh, well, I'm just going to push you and smash you today when realistically you don't need that. You need to go work on some mental stuff and go take a day off or whatever so that you're – because I think the mentality side of fighting is huge. It's like a really big impact on how you perform. So, um, yeah, I try to work as much as I can mentally with with my fighters and and that. So, And uh, I, I can see the benefit in it for them. As opposed to ignoring it and going, oh, guys, go work on your shit yourself. So. Yeah, well, I think it probably helps you out too, right? As a coach to kind of listen to yeah. them. And then you kind of can, rec- you know, like uh, reflect on those things yourself, right? And then even talk to yep. them about your what you're going through. Yeah, yeah, I do, definitely. Um, and that definitely helps me as well. So it works both ways. It's really good. All right, now, you know, you have this fight coming up with Brad Wally. But you also have this situation with Gamma, the Gamma World Championships in Singapore in early, I think in early November or is that the end of November? End of November. So 3rd of November is Brad Wally. Uh, okay. 18th of November to 24th of November is Gamma. How did you get hooked up with Gamma? Uh, I just got a message saying, asking if I would like to be part of the team. And, and yeah, I thought, why not? Jump on that. Uh, represent Australia. Also, possibly win a contract to one. So, yeah, it's like got the message, and it's like, yeah, why not? I know you're trying to raise funds for Gamma. Gamma is not. Spo- are they sponsored by anybody, or the the team so have to sponsor themselves? 
they're sponsored by one championship. Um, the coaches or the the committee or whatever it is that's running it um, are trying to get sponsors so that they help provide for the the fighters as well because it's expensive going to Singapore to go do this. Um, the Gamma are paying for accommodation and food, I think. So I know the accommodation's paid for. So you know that's one big expense that's covered for us as fighters, which is really good. Um, yeah, if they didn't cover that, I probably wouldn't have been able to go. But, yeah, um, they're trying their best to help out with um, sponsoring, you know, uh, team outfits and anything that they can. Um, but, yeah, just still sponsor, uh, trying to raise some money for, you know, you've got to get, like, medicals done and uh, you've got to pay for your flights and um, little things like that. I've also adding a little bit more in there. I'm working with a dietitian now, Sarah from uh, Elite Fight Nutrition, which I've never done before. So that's a, showing a real big benefit already. So, yeah, yeah, just trying to raise money for all those little odds and ends that build up, cost a lot, end up costing money. If someone wants to, you know, donate and help the cause, how would they do that? Yeah, uh, the link is in my Instagram page. Uh, ruthless ryan robertson mma um there's yeah links there um in my bio and i also share it on um on my facebook page which is also ruthless ryan robertson mma uh pretty easy to find so um yeah or it's through gofundme i don't know how you find it through gofundme but yeah maybe gofundme.com or something right yeah <laughs> yeah that's it well you know anything helps right anything like five dollars you know a lot of people would think like you know five dollars is uh, nothing but that helps man if you got 20 people sending five dollars right yeah that's it like yeah there's there's no amount that doesn't help any, any little bit helps and and it all adds up in the end you know i've i've had people donate ten dollars i had a young kid um really nice kid when i fought on uh xfc uh, this kid was fighting one of the Muay Thai fights, um, young kid, and he was like real nervous out the back. And I know he doesn't make money. He's like 17 or 16 years old, and he donated $15. And I know like to him that's, that's a, that'd be a lot of money, you know. He wouldn't earn much. So, you know, it's a real appreciation there to, to anyone who donates, even $10, you know, $5. It's good. Definitely. definitely. Now, you know, you mentioned that you have gotten a dietitian on board what was your diet yeah. like before then? Yeah, <laughs> it was <laughs> it was uh, all right. Um, no, nah, I ate a lot of um, – I basically ate whatever I wanted, really. Um, that was my diet. I ate what I wanted. I had a lot of iced coffees and stuff like that, um, a lot of ice cream and just, you know, stuff that you sh- shouldn't really have for performance and that. Um and then when I dieted for a fight and can't wait for a fight, I basically went to eating nothing mm. and training on no nothing. So now working with Sarah, um, she's I'm eating more. I'm eating healthy, a lot healthier, um, and I'm eating a lot more but still losing the weight. Uh, I'm looking a lot leaner and, and a lot more healthier. Uh, and I've got some more energy to train with as well. So, yeah, it's been really beneficial. Yeah, man. Well, you know, you got a busy month coming up in November. You got a fight in the beginning. And then when you go to Singapore, how many fights could you possibly go through to get a contract? Just worked that out today. I just worked it out. I think it's five in two days. 
Wow. So, yeah, three on the first day and then two on the second day. Um, but, yeah, but also the day before I fly out, I've got one of my other fighters, Mark Famillari, fighting for a state title in Muay Thai. So I'll be cornering him and then flying out the next day. So, yeah. Jeez, and then man. I come back for a week and then I fly back to Singapore for Christie for OWS. Dev, yeah, Dev, man, you're like one of the busiest guys that I know that's uh, doing, you know, martial arts, MMA, everything, Muay Thai. You're doing everything out there and uh, it's incredible, man. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm honored to be talking to you all the time about, you know, your journey because right now you're at that point where you could be on the cusp of getting signed by a major promotion and getting good money for investing all this time and all this energy in your life to this, to this sport. I hope so. Yeah, I hope so. Thanks. I, I really enjoy being on the show every time you call. So it's really good. Yeah, man. It's always fun chatting, man. Um, I'm going to be watching closely to what's, what what happens on November 3rd. And then when you go to Gamma, yeah. uh, will it be on the uh, the Super app? Could that be possible? I think, I think it's on the... I think it'll be on the one app. I'm not sure. I'll have to find that out, and um, I'm, but I'm pretty sure it will be. Um, but yeah, I'll have to find that out. Well, you know, if it is, man, that means everybody can watch around the world. Everybody gets. You can yeah. watch on the one app in Australia, right, for free. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think you can watch it anywhere in the world, for, for, and it's free. Yeah. Yeah. So. so yeah, so it's gonna be incredible, man. Your uh, your November is gonna be fun. Uh, first off, November third. DFC nine, yep. uh, Brad Wally. Then you go to Singapore on November eighteenth, right? To the twenty yep. fourth yeah, or something like that. Great yep. man. Um, it's always fun, Ryan, speaking with you, man. And uh, if you yeah, if you, you if you want to support Ryan, you know, go to his Facebook, go to his Instagram, click the link, and uh, send him some uh, some 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 love, right? Yeah, Thanks, that'd Ryan, be man. really appreciated. Awesome. Thank you.